to One Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. And for more information, please visit us on the web at onechurch.net. Well, I I want to speak today on a subject of receiving or laying hold of your destiny. How many of you know every one of you have a destiny in God? God designed you with purpose. God designed you with a plan. And God is at work in your life to bring that plan to fruition. But there are things that you and I need to do and understand how to cooperate with God. Okay? You can work with God or you can work against God. I've decided a long time ago I think it's a better idea to work with God. How many of you agree with me? It's a much better idea to cooperate with God. And uh, I'm going to be speaking out of Joshua, Josh, book of Joshua, chapter 14. And uh, I, I want to just invite you to read along with me, look at this text as we share together. Now the people of Judah approached Joshua at Gilgal, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh the Kenizzite, said to him, You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, at Kadesh Barnea, about you and me. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land. And I brought him back a report according to my convictions. But my fellow Israelites who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt, with fe- melt in fear. I, however, followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. Pay attention to that phrase. I, however, followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. For on that day Moses swore to me, the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever, because you have followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. There it is again. Now then, just as the Lord promised, He has kept me alive for 45 years since the time He said this to Moses while Israel moved about in the wilderness. So here I am today, 85 years old. I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go to battle now as I was then. Now give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard uh, then that the Anakites were there and that their cities were large and fortified, but the Lord helping me, I will drive them out just as he said. Then Joshua blessed Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and gave him Hebron as his inheritance So Hebron has belonged to Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, ever since because he followed the Lord, the God God of Israel, wholeheartedly. Hebron used to be called Kereth Arba after Arba, who was the greatest man among the Anakites. Then the land had rest for more. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you today for your word. We thank you that it is full of life. We thank you that you have a plan for every one of us, and I ask you today, will you take and impart truth and life to every person in this room? 
May, Lord, today we hear your word, receive it, and may we be doers of it, we pray in Jesus' name. And everyone shouted, amen, amen, or so be it, so be it. Wow, what an incredible, incredible story. And uh, let me just give you a little bit of background uh, to what's happening here. Uh, The children of Israel had been in Egyptian bondage. You know, in the Old Testament, they had been taken captive. They were taken into Egypt, and they had been there for years and years, and then God promised that He would bring them into a promised land. He said to them, in fact, He led them out quite in amazing ways. Um, If you read the narrative, what you find is that there was miracle after miracle. There was supernatural intervention of God, and finally the Pharaoh said, to let the people go. And the people went. And what was supposed to be just a very short journey from Egypt into a promised land that God had given them ended up being a long, drawn-out, 40-year period in the wilderness. Now, what that says to you and to me is this, that we can have it our way or we can have it God's way. A lot of times when we think we've got it all worked out and we, we want to do it our way, we end up in the same set of circumstances that the children of Israel did, wandering around in the wilderness looking for the promise that God had given to us and missing out on our destiny. In fact, a whole generation ended up missing their destiny simply because of their unbelief and their refusal to follow the Lord. What ends up happening is Moses sends out spies into the promised land. Go in and look at the land. Go look at what God has promised to give to us and really see and bring us back a report of what we can expect to find there. So they sent out 12 spies, one from each one of the 12 tribes. Caleb was one of those spies, And so was Joshua, one of those spies. So Joshua, Caleb, and ten other guys go in and inspect the land. God had said it's going to be a land that flows with milk and honey. It's going to be a good place. You're going to enjoy living in this place. In fact, it's a land that's got massive grape vineyards. And you're going to go in and you're just going to take over the grape vineyards that are already there. You're not going to have to plant the vineyards. They're already there. In fact, there are some houses there and you're not going to have to build houses. You're just going to have to take over the houses that are already there. You're going to get everything. I'm going to give it to you. (coughs) Pardon me. And so God sends them with these promises into uh, this promised land to take possession. And so these 12 guys go out and look at it for the children of Israel. Then they come back a few days later, and they said to Moses, you're right. It is a land that flows with milk and honey. Here are some of the grapes. In fact, they brought back clusters of grapes, and it literally took two men to carry the clusters of grapes. I mean, that's a sizable cluster of grapes. They're carrying the grapes, and they're bringing back some of the the amazing 
agricultural benefits of that land, and they're presenting all of that, and they're telling them all about all the good things. It's just like God said. And then they add this word, but. But. I will tell you, you're all, you always know if you're getting into trouble, if God gives you a promise and you say but. Okay? You know you're already on a slippery slope. And they said but. Yes, it's a land that flows with milk and honey. Yes, there are amazing grapes and amazing things there. And we saw it just like God promised, but there are giants there, and they are strong. In fact, they are so strong and so big that we felt like we were grasshoppers. They even described themselves as grasshoppers in their own eyes. And they said, no, we're not able to do it. And Caleb, one of those, and you can read the narrative a few chapters uh, into the book of Numbers. I believe it's around num uh, chapter uh, 12, Numbers chapter 12. You can read the narrative. Caleb says, wait a minute. And he, 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 he made him be quiet. In fact, he just said, shut up. That's the Ron version of what he actually said. To, be quiet. Hold your peace, maybe it says in your translation. We are well able to do this. Let's go up at once and take it. Let's go up at once and take it. We can do this because God is with us. I'm going to tell you something. The Bible says this, that nothing is impossible with God. There's nothing that's impossible. You may be finding yourself in situations and circumstances from time to time, and you think there's no way that we can get this accomplished, but let me tell you something. You and God are a majority, okay? You and God are a majority. And so Caleb quiets the people, and he says, no, let's go up at once. But the majority ruled, which puts me in a awkward spot when I talk about democracy, and many churches even have democracy, and democracy is never the will of God uh, for, for God's people. I will tell you this, the, most of the time the majority is wrong. That's most of the time the majority is wrong. And so, Caleb has ended up making a declaration that this place is just like God said. He wants to go in. Joshua agrees with him. He wants to go in, but the majority of the people refuse. And all of them that were like 20 years of age or older ended up dying in the wilderness. For 40 years, they wandered around in the wilderness, and they ended up missing what God wanted to give to them. Now, my, my desire today is to communicate the truth of this incredible story and us look at the life of Caleb. Because now, fast forward to the passage that I read to you, 45 years later. Caleb is now, he was 40 years old when he went in, now he's 85 and I love this description of him. You know what that says to me? Particularly when you've got a few years behind you. Uh, you know, 
I, I, I love those kind of passages, you know. The older I get, the more I love them. That says to me, you don't have to get old. You can have some experience, but you can still be saying at 85, I'm going to go take that mountain. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. Look, one thing I have learned, you can stop a lot of things, but you can't stop time. <laughs> okay. So old is when you give in to these kind of things. You're just experienced. I'm finding now I've got, I've got some years of experience. I'm like the insurance guy. I, I know a few things because I've seen a few things. <laughs> okay? And one of the things I've learned is this, that you can depend upon God. You can trust God. And then when God says something to you, you can take it to the bank. You can depend upon God. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap of thanks. So here Caleb, 85 years old, now stands up and says, Joshua, you remember what God said. And he begins to recall the story that had taken place in his life 45 years earlier. Now, now there's several principles I want to draw out before I get into the meat of what I want to share with you today. First of all, it's this, that God has a destiny for you. I mean, it was clear God had a destiny for Caleb. God had a destiny for him. He had a destiny for all of the children of Israel, but they missed their destiny. It's possible to miss what God has prepared for you. If you don't yield your heart, yield your life, follow the Lord with everything that's in you, and want what God wants for you, you can miss what He's prepared for you. The second thing I want you to understand is this, that God's delays are not God's denials. It may not happen when you think, but if you will stay faithful, God will bring you in to what He has prepared for you. God will bring you into it. There are some times where it may be years. I remember, and I'll share with you this really quick, when I was pastoring what is one church, Markham now, Sandy and I planted that church in 1983, and we planted that church, and within a couple of three years of that, the church had grown, and God had blessed it, and we were getting all kinds of prophetic words that we were going to plant churches out of there, and we were going to raise up pastors, and there were going to be all kinds of things that would come out of that church that would literally touch the nations. We had great prophetic words, not just once or twice, but many of them. And then through a set of circumstances that I won't go into, it ended up like, like five or six years into it, completely looking like it was going the other way. In fact, it was 27, I think 27 years, baby. Is that right? It was 27 years, something like that, that we had not even been at the church. 21. Like I was saying, 21. <laughs> <laughs> like 21 years that we had not been at the church. We had just said, okay, 
I don't understand all of this. God has made all these promises, and God has given me all these great words, and God has given me, anybody ever felt like God had given you a few things that didn't work out the way you thought, when you thought? God had given us some of these, these great prophecies and words, and we were saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, it looked like none of them were coming to pass. We were gone from the church. I mean gone. We had left. Years we were gone. And then out of the blue, I was preaching in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and the church calls me. Now the church had gone. When we turned it over to the pastor who followed us, it was about 600 people. And it had gone through a real tumultuous time in those years that we'd gone that we'd been gone. And now it had gone back down. It was just a handful of maybe Philip, you and Laura remember those days. And it was maybe maybe 60 people, 60 broken people when we got asked to come back and they were all in fact could sit right in the front section. The, the, the church invites us to come back. 21 years later. Didn't happen when I thought. Now fast forward, we're back. We've been back 10 years, and we are literally seeing every single one of those prophetic words come to pass. I will tell you, God does not forget what he said I looked at it and I thought, there's no way we'll ever see all of this happen. But literally, we are living right now in the good of what God promised us years and years ago. In fact, One Church Park District, you're a part of the fulfillment of that prophetic word. As are the other church plants that have grown up. And now pastors coming up, and it's like strawberry plants just coming up everywhere. And I'm just saying, thank you, Jesus. You said you were going to do it, and you've done it. Because you see, God's delays are not God's denials. It may not happen when you think. It may not happen exactly how you think. In fact, you may go through some very circuitous paths. But when God gives you a promise, don't let go of what God has promised. Hold on and watch God bring it, bring it to pass. Because you see, the third thing I want you to understand here quickly is that God is looking at your heart. God is looking at your heart. And everything, the Bible says this, that out of the heart are the issues of life. Out of your spirit, out of your inmost being, this this. Keep your heart with all diligence, Proverbs says, for out of it are the issues of life. And what you see here is that Caleb followed the Lord. You see it again and again, wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly. You know what that means? He was all in. He was all in. It was heart and soul with Caleb. He was a full-hearted follower of the Lord, and he never let go. He never relented. Even though there were people that were dropping dead all around him, he was longer in the wilderness than he was before. Forty years old, when the promise came, now more than twice as old as he was. He's 85 and he's still not let go. Man, I love that kind of heart. I love that kind of heart. 
I will tell you, you know the kind of people you want to be around when they've had a, a number of years go by? It's the kind of people that are still trusting God, the kind of people that are still following God, that are kind of the kind of people that are still saying, give me that mountain. I'm going to take that mountain for the glory of God. Yeah. I want to be that kind of person. I want to be that kind of person, a person filled with faith, filled with fire, filled with zeal, laying hold of what God has destined me for. How about you? Is that your heart's desire today? That's what God wants. And so, Caleb becomes this amazing example to us. You know, we need examples. We need people who have lived it before us. We need people who walked it out because we learn from those examples and we, we, we follow those examples. It was the Apostle Paul who said in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Or one version says, follow me as I follow Christ. I'm going to go after Christ. And listen, if you want to know what it looks like, run after me. Run after me. I'll be an example for you. The writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12, we do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. In other words, if you're going to get your eyes on anybody, get your eyes on people who have lived the life, who have walked what they've talked, and they've laid hold of what God has promised. Look at them and follow their example. Say, you know what? They've done it right. They've learned some stuff, and I can learn from their example. That's what God wants in every one of our lives. And Caleb was an amazing example for us. And there are some principles that I want to draw out of Caleb's life that we can employ in our lives today. In Numbers chapter 14, verse 24, there is this unique statement about Caleb. As it describes him, it says, but because my servant Caleb, notice this, has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. Isn't that an interesting statement? In other words, there was something unique about Caleb. There was something different about Caleb over those other spies that went out. Caleb is described by God as having a different spirit. A different spirit. Listen, it's easy to go along with the crowd. It's easy to look like the crowd. It's easy to walk and talk just like the crowd. That's why I said earlier that the majority is usually wrong. Because if we're not careful, we can get sucked up into all the stuff that the crowd gets sucked up in. You can hang out with some people sometimes and maybe those people are gossipers and they're always downing somebody or they're always, always uh, chewing up and, and negative talk all the time. 
I will tell you, it's easy sometimes to get sucked right up into the same stuff. Very easy. You have to make a conscious decision. No, I'm going to separate myself from that. Or maybe they get into a lifestyle that is incompatible with the Word of God. And if you're not careful, you can end up going down that same road. Although this is not a scripture, the principle certainly is. And that is this, that if you're not careful, your good manners can be corrupted by people who have bad manners. You hang around people that have no desire for God, and you make those your examples. If you're not careful, what ends up happening becomes their life becomes your life. Their pattern becomes your pattern. What does that mean in real terms? That means this, that we've got to have our eyes open. It doesn't mean that you have to cut people out of your life in, in, in the, the sense that you just throw them away. The Bible says this, that Jesus was a friend of sinners. It's okay to be a friend of sinners, but it's not okay to pattern your life after sinners. Okay? It's okay to hang out from time to time with people who don't follow Christ. Certainly, if we're going to be an influence in their life, we ought to hang out with them. But what's not okay is this, that they become the example that we follow. We ought to be the example. We ought to be setting the standard. We ought to be the men and women with a different kind of spirit. Caleb had a different spirit. He had a different spirit. He didn't just go along with the crowd. He was willing to stand up, and at times when it's not easy, stand up and buck the crowd. Somebody has to say, no, wait a minute, whoa, what are we doing? Where are we going? What's happening here? Doesn't mean you always stop them. Caleb wasn't able to stop the crowd. But it did mean this, his heart was fixed on following God. He had already made up his mind a long time before that it didn't matter what other people did. He was going to go after the Lord. I love this about Joshua. If you look at the end of the book of Joshua, Joshua had the same kind of heart. He says this to the children of Israel. He says, choose you this day who you will serve. But as for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. In other words, make up your mind what you're going to do. I've already made up my mind. I'm following the Lord. Somebody give God thanks. So, listen, if you're going to lay hold of your destiny, there comes a point where you drive a stake in the ground and you make up your mind, you're going after God. You don't care what the natural looks like. Better to be going after God and following God with everything in you and not see what you think when you think than to go along with the crowd and totally miss all that God has prepared for you. And so Caleb becomes this incredible example as a man with a different spirit. And I want to quickly give you today five characteristics of those with a different spirit. Five characteristics. The first thing I want you to understand is this, that Caleb 
He goes into this land of promise. He goes in with these 12 spies. And while he's there, he sees all the promises that God had had. And he saw the same giants that the other crowd saw. Okay? It wasn't like he was oblivious to it. But he did not see it the same way. You see, people with a different spirit see what others cannot see. The first characteristic, they see what others cannot see. In other words, they see things differently. What was the difference? The other one saw the problem. Caleb saw the solution. You see, faith, my friend, is not an ignoring of the problem. You see, sometimes people want to act like that. Well, faith is, is to totally ignore the problem. Totally ignore the difficulty. If I, they, they don't want to admit that there's a problem. That's stupidity. Can I be honest with you? If there's a problem, there's a problem. All right? You see, we don't want to be so caught up in the natural that we fail to acknowledge the supernatural. And what Caleb saw, he saw the problem, yes, but he saw the solution as greater than the problem. You see, faith is this. It's not ignoring or the absence of, of, of the problem or ignoring the problem, but it's understanding that God is greater than the problem, that there's no difficulty, there's no situation, there's no set of circumstances that may come into your life, but what the God cannot take care of those situations. You see, it's, it's seeing things differently. If we're not careful, we can become so obsessed with the difficulties of life that, that we fail to acknowledge that God is greater than our difficulty. We become so obsessed with the problems of life that we fail to acknowledge that God is bigger than our problem. He's the greater one. That's why the Bible says that nothing is impossible to him that believes why? Because God is with you. And if God is with you, who can be against you? Or what can be against you? So people of a different spirit see things differently. They look at circumstances differently. They don't look at the situation as an insurmountable problem. That's what these other ten spies did. They looked at it. Yeah, God, do you think God didn't know there were giants there? God was just letting them know, no, the giants are there. They're just placeholders. They're just placeholders waiting for you to show up and claim your inheritance. That's all they are. And oftentimes, those situations that come up in our life that seem like such huge, insurmountable obstacles to us receiving our inheritance Listen, they're only opportunities for God to demonstrate His greatness and His glory. Amen. And men and women of a different spirit see things different. They see the circumstances different. The second thing I want you to see about those with a different spirit is they believe when others doubt. They believe when others doubt. In other words, they live in faith 
What is faith? Faith is an expectation that God, what God says he'll do, he'll do. It is the realization that God is not a man that he should lie or the son of man that he should repent. That when God makes a commitment to you and to me, that God is the one who brings it to pass. Thank you, Lord. Let me tell you something. Listen, following after God. Uh, like I said earlier, Sandy and I know a few things because we've seen a few things. We've seen the things that look like insurmountable problems, but we've seen our God show up and deal with insurmountable problems. Deal with them. Like one time when Sandy pulled Joel, our third son, off the bottom of a swimming pool and his gray, lifeless body not breathing. How many of you know that it might get your attention? You don't want to wait till then when you got that kind of problem to prove the faithfulness of God. You prove the faithfulness of God every day and every little thing that comes up. So when you have the big moments in your life, you have already proven God. That's why David was able to kill Goliath because he had been with him when he killed the lion and when he killed the bear and he knew that the giant was going to fall before him too. And so when Sandy pulled Joel's lifeless body out of the bottom of a swimming pool, she kneels down and cries out, oh God, oh God, oh God. And God worked the miracle. And that little lifeless body that was not breathing and no one around knew CPR. After a few moments begins to cough and sputter and life comes back into that little lifeless body. Let me tell you something. When you've walked it out and you've proven it, when you've seen it, it's no longer theory. Okay? It's not theory for us. This is called evidence. All right? This is not just nice stories. This has been the, the experience of our life. And what God wants us to understand is this, that there is no set of circumstances that God cannot intervene in. And people of a different spirit believe what God says when others doubt. I'm going to believe. I'm going to, I'm going to hold on. I'm going to hold on. I'm not going to allow the natural mind and the natural thinking to dominate. I'm going to dare to believe God. Maybe I'm a little sloppy sometimes. Maybe I don't always get it just perfect. But at my core, I'm saying, God, I know who you are. And I know what you've said. And I'm committed to hang on to what you've said, no matter what the circumstances might look like. You see, that's what God wants. You fix your attention on God rather than on the problem. You let your faith eclipse your fear. Hallelujah. People of a different spirit believe God when others doubt. You see, in other words, not only do they see different, they believe different. They believe different. Why? Because they've got something in the inside. They're serving God wholeheartedly. 
And it, it, it springs from that core. The third thing I want you to understand is this. They persevere when others quit. When others quit. How many of you think it might have been easy for Caleb to quit? I mean, come on. He's seen everybody that left Egypt with him except Joshua die. They've all died. Can you imagine when he passed the 40-year mark? All right, he's 40 years old when he comes out of Egypt. He's ready for his inheritance. He's ready then. And a bunch of doubters made him take a journey with them. Have you ever taken a trip with somebody you didn't want to be with? Just imagine what Caleb was thinking. For 40, not just 40 more years, 45 more years. I'm sure he's thinking, will you just hurry up and die so I can go in and receive my inheritance? Have you ever wanted to lay hands on somebody? What? I'm sure he did. He was a human being. But let me tell you something. He kept going. He persevered. He persevered. I read this scripture earlier to that we should follow those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. Patience always has time attached to it. Have you noticed that? There's a timeline attached to patience. Perseverance has a timeline attached to it. How long do you persevere? Until? How long? Until God says it's time. You keep going. I mean, could you imagine if, if Caleb had persevered up until a week before? He would have missed. You see, sometimes you have to press on and you keep pressing and you keep pressing and you keep pressing and you keep pressing. And you say, Lord, I'm tired of pressing. And he said, Good, press some more. Persevere. Persevere. Keep going on. Listen, in 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9, I love this verse. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. You see, when you're sold out, when you're wholehearted and you're following God with everything, even when you have your moments and you will, you will, if your heart is fully committed to following the Lord, the Lord sees that and He comes alongside and He makes sure that you get the right encouragement at the right moment to strengthen you because your heart is fully committed to following Him. That's the kind of God we serve. He's like, I'm looking, I'm watching, I'm seeing what's going on on the earth. What does God see when He watches your life? What does He see? Does He see somebody who's one way on Sunday and another way on Monday? Uh, does He see somebody that keeps pressing, pressing, pressing? 
God, I want you. I'm laying hold of you. I desire you. I desire what you have for me. You see, not only do people with a different spirit see different and believe different, they act different. They act different. Because you see, when you're sold out and you're wholehearted, it affects the way you live your life. It affects the way that you see, the way you engage things, and it affects the way you handle your problems. You persevere in the midst of adversity. You press forward in the midst of adversity. Listen, I've watched miracles happen. I've seen miracles happen. I wish miracles always happened not just the way I want to see them, but when I want to see them. Huh? I mean, I, there's sometimes I don't understand all the ways of God. I, I see God bring people through things. And you wonder, why didn't you just deal with it right at the beginning? Why did they have to walk through some stuff? And I don't fully comprehend all of that. I'm not God, okay? But I do know this. I have watched as people have held on to God and held on to God and held on to God and God brings them all the way through and out the other side. And there's an amazing testimony of the faithfulness of God and their life becomes an example of a man or a woman who has proven the faithfulness of God and proven the authority of the Word of God. Listen, that's what God wants in our lives. We persevere, we persevere. We, we, we have a character that is like made of steel. And we go for it. And we press. I listen to what Paul says to the Philippians. He says this when he, he writes, and I think it's the third chapter of the book of Philippians. And here he, Paul has gone through all kinds of things. When I read about the story of Paul, I'm like, man, alive, shipwrecked, beaten, all this stuff going on in his life. I'm like, wow, you think you've had it tough. And here he is writing to the Philippians, and he says this. He says, I forget all of that that was behind me, and I'm pressing forward towards what is ahead of me. I, I, I'm, I'm looking to lay hold of that for which Christ took hold of me. I want to know Christ, he says. I want to know him in the power of his resurrection and in the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings. I want to be conformable unto his death so that he, what he's really saying is so that I can experience his life. <laughs> that God kind of life. May we have that kind of perseverance built into our life that enables us to press and keep pressing and not quit. Not quit. It was easy for Caleb, I'm sure, to quit. But he persevered. Number four, people of a different spirit speak success when others speak failure. Not only do they see different, not only do they believe different, not only do they act different, they talk different. They talk different. In Numbers chapter 13, verse 30, here he is. He spreads out the good news. 
Yeah. Everybody else is talking about all the giants. And Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let's go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. The Bible says this in Proverbs 18, verse 21, that life and death are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Have you ever heard anybody say, you don't know what's in my heart? Have you ever heard anybody say that? Yes. You don't know what's in my heart. Yes, I do. How do you know? I listen to your mouth. Because the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You want to know what's really inside of you? What comes out of you when you get shook? You can talk all the faith you want. It's easy to talk faith on Sunday morning when the worship team's playing. Hallelujah, you know I'll believe you always, Jesus. I'll follow you anywhere, Jesus. You tell me where to go and I'll go. I'll go where you want me to go, God. Mm-hmm. Then on Monday, when it gets hard and the situation doesn't go the way you think it ought to go, Half a dozen people have cut you off in traffic on your way to work. Your boss is in a bad attitude and finally just says, here, you're fired. Get out of here. Get your stuff and get out of here. Just at the time, you've got a pile of bills that high to pay. What comes out? What comes out? I wonder, do two hallelujahs and a praise the Lord come out? There's doubt and unbelief and criticism. Because really what's in you is what comes out. And what God allows sometimes is this. God allows the circumstances to be custom designed to reveal to you what's really in you. Okay? God already knows what's in you. Okay? It's not like a huge secret. Heaven knows what's in you. Heaven knows if you're wholehearted. Even when you don't know you're wholehearted. Sometimes I thought I've been so spiritual. God says, really? We'll just check you out. Uh-huh. I'm going to bring somebody into your life that's been sent by me to check you out. And then you start hearing stuff come out of you and you're thinking, what in the world? Jesus, forgive me. Help me. Let me tell you something. People who are wholehearted, what they're talking is what's really here. The thing that was so amazing about Caleb was even though he was facing these obstacles and even though he was facing these giants, he had already seen the greatness of his God. He wasn't trying to convince himself or the children of Israel he already knew it. He knew it. God can handle this. And so that controlled his speech. That controlled the way he talked. So those of a different spirit speak success when others speak failure. They talk different. And then finally, and I like this, here's this old man 
the old man who wasn't an old man. 85. I mean like few people I've ever been around at 85 have got that kind of fire in their bones. But don't you love it? You're like, man, that's the kind of example I want to be. Live for the glory of God. Live a life. Live a life that, you know, it's cool to be young. It's cool to be young. And you can be young even when you've got a few years. Because it's about connecting with the source of life. You see, when you're connected to the source of life, there's a supernatural energy that fills every fiber of your being. If that same spirit dwells within you that dwelt within Christ, the Bible says it will quicken. That's an old English word that means it will make alive your mortal body also. Hallelujah. In other words, your natural body can be impacted by your spirit man in communion with God. And you can be energized by that. Energized by it. It affects everything. And it not only affects the way that I see things and the way that I believe and the way that I act and the way that I talk. The fifth characteristic of those with a different spirit, they are warriors when others are cowards. They're warriors when others are cowards. They live different. They live different. I, I can only imagine... what it would have been like to see this 85-year-old man. I'm sure he could have been just like the other 85-year-olds that could have been saying, you know what? If only God had done this when I was 60. If only God had done it when I was 40. You know, it's easy to look back with regret sometimes. It's easy to look back and think, if only I had seen the power of God back when I could have done something about it. But not Caleb. Not Caleb. Caleb saying, you know what? He kept me alive. He not only kept me alive, here I am. I'm just as strong today as I was back then. I'm just as able today to take that mountain and to go up and conquer that area as I was then. And God is with me. And since God is with me, I'm going to go do it. So why don't you just go ahead and bless me and let me go take my destiny for the glory of God. Let me go lay hold of it for the glory of God. He was not content with average. He wasn't content to just go to the old folks' home and sit around and talk. Have you ever been in some of these places where old people gather you, you know you, you, you go and you see sometimes they come in groups I refused my senior card I refused it I refused somebody said Are you retired I said nope 
Nope. Nothing wrong with retiring if your retirement is like, okay, I'm going to use this season in my life to take another mountain for God. But God doesn't want us just sitting around waiting till we die. If he gives us breath, he's got a mountain for us to conquer. Okay? If he gives us life, it's because he wants us to use that life for his glory. And Caleb knew something about conquering. It was a, he was a conqueror at his core. He was just looking for an opportunity to express who he was. Here's a mountain. Here's a problem. Here's the land of promise. I'm going to go take it. You see, those of a different spirit live different. They approach life different. They look at the circumstances all around them different. I want to tell you something. God has a destiny for every one of you. God has a promise that he has given to every single one of you. While the worship team comes back, I want to challenge you with this thought. Make up your mind now, if you haven't already. I'm going to serve God with every ounce of my being. I'm sold out. Maybe my natural world won't look exactly like Caleb's. Maybe my journey may have some different nuances, but I have made up my mind I'm following God. I'm following God. There was an old song that used to be saying, Sandy and I used to sing it when we were teenagers, I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. It doesn't matter what my life goes through. I've made up my mind. I'm following Jesus. I'm going to ask you to stand all over this room. Father, I thank you today for every person in this room. I thank you, God, for your plans that you have for us, those plans that are good, those plans, Lord, that you reveal to us in your word that all the promises of God are yes and in Christ Jesus so be it so be it amen so be it and I pray God right now for people in this room because I know there are people right here today They've been trying to persevere. They've been trying to press on. They've been trying to live with a different spirit. And I ask you, Lord, by the power of the Holy Spirit right now, will you come alongside of them and supernaturally encourage and strengthen them to live their life wholeheartedly for you?